The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined in studio by Kieran McCarthy, sports editor of the Southern Star. Before we get into things, I'd like to give our listeners just a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. This week, we'll be hearing from Castlehaven duo Rachel Welton and Emma Daly after their memorable 2022 season, which will be honoured with a special achievement award at this weekend's West Cork Sports Star Awards. Kieran has been speaking to them and he's also been speaking to Glenn Gareth Athletics star Dara McElhenney following his brilliant fourth place finish at the European Athletics Indoor Championships at the weekend. But first, we're going to focus on Cork GAA. Kieran Cork came away from Cusa Park with another great win in this tight Division 2, beating the Banner County by 310 to 18. We spoke on the podcast in recent weeks about what Cork needs to do to take things to the next level. Is this another step in that? progress like the consistency and, and beating teams around them 100% because I think we mentioned last week didn't that Cork and Clare have been very close in the last couple of years when it comes to the meeting in the in the league there was three years in a row there where Clare actually beat Cork in Division 2 of the league and that's not too long ago so for Cork to go up into Clare's backyard and to beat them so convincingly and um, like you said 310 to 1-8 and after a very impressive second half performance for Cork it's just another another step in the right direction and what it, what it is as well, it's another good performance. And I was I was talking to John Cleary about this this week, and it's and you can our listeners can read it in terms of Southern Star. But there's a consistency now to the Cork um, performances that we haven't seen in a while. John made the point that Cork have now played eight games this year, including the three in the McGrath Cup. They've won six of them. Um, when you look at Division Two of the league, Cork have won three of their five games. The games they lost were to Dublin at home where Brian Hurley rattled the crossbar in the seventh minute of injury time and they could have won that game. And the first game was that last to meet, which was disappointing, but that has been the outlier because since then the Cork performances have been, have been really good and they're beating teams around them and they've now back-to-back league wins against Limerick and Clare. And they're the two teams that are on Cork's side of the Munster Championship that's going to throw in in April. So it's, it's, it's looking positive for Cork. They're, like I said, they're third in the league. They're kind of in a promotion, um, the promotion conversation here. But looking at the Division Two table, Derry and Dublin are ahead of them, and Cork need results to to fall in their favour. But putting that aside for a second, it's certainly been progress because we're now seeing consistent Cork performances game after game. Do you think the momentum is something that that Cork can can hang on to, or are we kind of a little bit in danger of getting carried away um, with like if you're thinking about it? presuming that they beat Louth, that's me getting carried away now. It's a huge game then against Derry. 
but like Loud are, are no easy game either. Though Loud are also on six points like Cork yeah. and Loud are having quite a good Division 2 campaign as well. But it's almost, like we said last week, going away to, to, to Clare and trying to get a, a result in Cusick Park was the next challenge for this Cork team and they achieved that. Now their, their next challenge is go away to Loud on Sunday week and, and try and beat a Loud team that are going quite well. That's their next challenge. And I know it's a cliche, but John Cleary says... It's game by game. That's all they're focusing on. Now they're focusing on, on Loud. After that, they focus on Derry. After that, they're going to focus on Clare in the Munster Championship. So they're really taking it game by game. But what I, what I looked at after the, the win last Sunday is you talk about the consistency of the Cork performances. And you can trace that back to the consistency of the Cork selection. 11 players have started in each of the five games so far. Um, which shows the consistency of the Cork team. It would have been 12 if Brian O'Driscoll didn't get injured um, against Limerick in the second last game and he missed a game against against Clare last weekend. So that consistency in selection is leading to consistency in, in, in results and they're getting to performances. So it's, um, it's, it's trending upwards, but there's always a but. It's like it's still very much a, a work in progress. Um, there will be hiccups. There will be hiccups because every every team would lose games. So it's not all going to be plain sailing. But um, it, it's so far so good. Yeah, it's obviously still early in the year as well. So a lot can change in over the next couple of weeks and months. But just moving on now to uh, a little closer to West Cork. The Hurling County Leagues were back at the weekend and there were West Cork teams in action across the divisions. I've uh, just picked out some some results here in Division 2. Corsi Rovers beat Mallow in Carrigoon by 17 points to 111. Division 3, Newcestown won at home against Blarney, 119 to 17 points. And Valley Rovers got off to a good start in Division 4. They beat Cloyne by 24 points to 10. And Agabalog, am I pronouncing that right? Agabalog. Agabalog. That's the one. I'll learn it. Yeah. Had a high score draw with Valley Hay, 214 apiece. And then in Division 5, uh, Ardeen Rangers and Agada share the spoils with 16 points each. Kieran, what are the big takeaways from the weekend's results? Um, our feature game in this Thursday Southern Star is Argentine Rangers draw against Ahadet. That was 16 points apiece. And uh, we have a reaction from Paul Holland, the Argentine manager there. And he was delighted with the result. It was a game that could have gone either way. Argentine were well up. Then Ahadet came back and they were actually leading by point in injury time. But... Um, Rangers veteran John Michael O'Callaghan stepped up with a colossal free 90 metres, the match report says, but this is almost the stuff of legend. In in two years' time, it'd be the free from 400 metres that sailed over the, the bar to the level at Bargadine. But Paul Holland was making the point that Argadine are playing a division higher than they were last year, and he was delighted with the result because Argadine, I think, did only 17 or 18 players togged off, and they were missing a good few as well for various reasons. So it was a solid start for them getting getting a, a draw in their, their first game. So almost like we said last week, we were talking about the start of the, the football league. It's, it's such early days and it's um, we just can't read too much into into the, the, the up and round of the of the leagues. But for, for new management teams, it's, it's just a chance for them to get a look at what, what they're working. I think Bendon, you said Bendon lost to, um, Bendon had a defeat in the first game, but, but Newcestown won. So, um, and I think Newcestown and, and Bendon, are, they're in the same division, I think. Um, I think they are. In division three. Yeah, so they, they'll, be, they'll be meeting quite soon as well, if memory serves me correct. So there's some, some tasty games coming up, but it's, again, almost to reiterate what we said after the Football League, it's just good to see the county leagues are up and running. It's it's the, the local stuff, it's it's the, the club football and hurling. So yeah, we're getting, 
we're inching towards the summer in the championship. You can see the stretch of the evenings now. We're all starting, to, well, rather cold weather this week, but we're all starting to feel that that bit better, more excited about what's 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 coming in terms of of the club championship. So it was a good weekend for some of the West Cork teams. But um, focus, which is back to the football this weekend. Yeah, and we'll have lots on the West Cork leagues, the county leagues in this week's Southern Star as well. Just moving on very briefly before we go for a break, we just want to talk a little bit about soccer. And there's a big game in the West Cork Premier Division at the weekend as defending champs, Drina Rangers, beat Skibbereen by two goals to nil. And Kieran, things are going fairly smoothly for Drina at the moment, aren't they, in the league? Yeah, they had a 2-0 win against Skib Barry O'Driscoll Hawthorne with his 58,940 million goal in the in, in the West Cork League. He was in target. Um, Barry's just prolific. Barry's he's well into his 20, um, he's well over 20 goals again this season. And he's a, he's hit nearly over 20 goals in every season for the last, I don't know how many years. He's just a, a stalwart of that Trina team. So that was a good win over a good Skibreen team. So the state of play at the top of the West Cork League Premier Division is Trina Rangers are on 32 points and they're 10 points ahead of Bunratty United who are in second place. But Bunratty have two games in hand. Clannacilty Soccer Club are also on 22 points but they've played the same number of games as Drina. But possibly one to watch are Dunmanway Town. Okay, they're 12 points behind Drina right now but they have three games in hand so they can close the gap and put a bit of pressure on Drina. But it's it's almost that old question, Dylan. Are you better to have the points on the board or the games in hand? Um, I think Drina would be quite confident where, where they are. They're, they're, they're sitting pretty at the, at the top of the league. They're the defending champions so they know how to how to win league titles so it's it's all going according to plan for them this weekend and also also sorry this weekend coming up the focus switches from the league to the Beamish Cup and we have Drina Rangers against the Menway Town so you've two of the title rivals in the Premier Division clashing in a quarter final of the of the the, 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 the Beamish Cup so that, that's going to be a huge game a massive game and you know, who knows psychologically it could have an impact yeah the Manway managed to, to beat Drina there it could and uh, potentially derail the Drina season and speaking of potential derailings it's a nice little segue there isn't it I thought I'd get away with this one um, from one Premier Division to another um, Kieran last week we didn't get a chance to speak about United and their brilliant Carabao Cup win but we'll make time this week um, seven goals I, I, the fact we didn't reflect on the win against Newcastle I think we should spend a good two minutes talking about that Carabao Cup win but um, reality Hurt reality hit United fans with a bang on Sunday, uh, seven 0 against Liverpool. Not much I can say, Dylan. I know you're you're a Liverpool fan, and mm. a lot of Liverpool fans listen to this podcast. It was just a dreadful day at the office for for um, United. I'm hoping it's a blip. I'm hoping it's a once off. I don't think we're going to go back to the the Ole Gunnar and the, the Ralph Ragnick um, and capitulations uh, week after week. So I'm hoping it was a blip. But Jesus, what what a blip to suffer. Some blip. Gary Neville was calling it a, a freak result, and if it was a freak result, I'll happily happily call it that. But um, it just felt like everything Liverpool like touched turned to gold. It, it, it turned to gold. Yeah, it? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, That's it, and yeah. and it's no matter what happens for the rest of the season, and hopefully Touchwood United finish above Liverpool in the league, which I still think United will, and United might pick up another piece of silverware. But that game will always be there. It'll always seven in. Like it's a. It's a historic defeat for United to, to, to suffer their, their biggest in 90-odd years. And 
they're is it the most goals conceded to Liverpool since Devil Newton Heat or yeah, s- yeah, something yeah. S- something along along before that. the war anyway it's something oh, like that so it's like it's going to endure it's like United last six months to City all those years ago and that kind of heralded the start of City's impart that they that they went on to build so that's almost if the even though I'm hoping it was a blip the the most painful fact is it was to Liverpool of all teams not Liverpool because. United fans won't be left to forget this one in a hurry. Just one quick thing on it as well. There is maybe a worrying trend here because last season Liverpool 5, United 0. This season Liverpool 7, United 0. City scored 6, Brentford 4. Like That's a lot of goals to be shipping. A lot of blips too, isn't it? A lot of blips. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll see how that, that progresses over the next few weeks. We're going to take a break now and we'll be back with more after this. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. Now, Darren McElhenney ran a personal best at the European Athletics Indoor Championships in Turkey at the weekend. He finished the 3,000 metre event in a brilliant time of 7.44.72. It wasn't quite to be for the Glen Gareth man who finished fourth, Kieran, and narrowly missed out on a medal by, I think it was seven tenths of a second. Yeah. So, so close. And it's fair to say that Dara was, was gutted. Uh, he was gutted immediately after the race and he was talking to David Gillick of RT for the, for the first time in a long time. Dara was speechless. Anyone who knows Dara knows that he's a, he's a man well, well able to talk because um, it, it, it just hit home how close he came to winning a medal at a major championships. And we'll hear from him quite soon on, on the podcast and a couple of days on. And he's still got it. You know, kind of, it's, it's, it's painful. And this is one he says is going to hurt for a while because Dara produced the race of his life to come less than seven-tenths of a second of winning a bronze medal at a, at a, at a European Championships. Um, so, so, so close. And we think back to two years ago when Phil Healy finished fourth at the, the Euro indoors as well, and that was in the women's 400 metres. She, she came so close as well, but just not close enough. And I think that's what gnaws away at, at athletes of that calibre, that level, that they're just so close. And they, they, they're driven to succeed and they want to win and they want to win medals. So it does hurt them when they come up just short. But you would hope when that rawness subsides that Dara can, and he will, he will take the positives from this because he produced a huge performance on one of the biggest days of his career. To run a PB in a championship race is is some going and I think he, he bettered his PB by one second. So there are a lot of positives to take from this. And we can never forget that Dara's just 22 years of age. He's still so young. And in Torres' Southern Star, I'm chatting to Dara's coach, Emmett Dunleavy, and he makes the point that endurance athletes don't hit their peak till the late 20s. And here is Dara finishing fourth in the Euro indoors when he's 20, 22. So if, if, and oh, it's a big if, and I'm touching more here, if he can keep on this same trajectory and the same path, there are bigger and better days um, in, in, in front of Dara. But as you'll hear now, he still can't hide his disappointment that he missed out on a medal. Dara, we're a couple of days on from the Minsk 3000 metre final in Istanbul last Sunday, where you just missed out on a, on a brilliant bronze medal by less than seven tenths of a second. And you were speaking to David Gillick of RT straight after the race, and you could see the raw emotion and how much it hurt you to miss out on the medal. So we're a few days on now. So how do you reflect on, on the race and how it panned out? Um, yeah, I suppose like, yeah, like the initial 
kind of I suppose pain or hurt of being so close is kind of still there to be honest like and I think um I think it kind of always will be in a way like you know what I mean because it's you know like it's always going to be like a somewhat of a kind of missed opportunity or like whatever and um yeah like I suppose yeah when I kind of first came off the track I was kind of chatting with uh David straight away and I was kind of obviously I was a little bit like you know I was kind of still a bit flustered after that I was kind of all I was kind of talking and then it was only really like towards the end of the interview and then for the probably kind of 30 to 40 minutes after that I was like it really began to sink in and it was just I was painful like um but do you know like I suppose like the race itself I think went actually really well like I think I ran both the races at the weekend like they were probably well to be fair definitely the final was probably one of my best ever actual performances like you know in terms of execution and even just kind of like the just even like the stats on ter- like in terms of the, the pace of the race and like you know the time we ended up running and and it being as slow as it was through halfway and stuff like that is that like it probably was like in a sense my best run ever but it just feels like it's hurt it probably has hurt more than any run ever as well so it's kind of a bit of a a, a tough one to like kind of analyze and process i suppose it is so so tough to process because the best run of your life a new pb in a major championship final and to produce such a mature performance but then like you said there it hurts just to come up just short so but you can still take so many positives from this there like and there's stuff you can use here going forward uh yeah no there is 100 like i suppose i kind of learned well i learned firstly a lot about kind of just ways to run championship races a bit more um effectively like um and i think i kind of implemented that into both the heats and the final and it definitely it definitely allowed me to probably run as well as I could have. Like, um, I suppose like it's kind of funny. Like, obviously after the race, like a lot of people kind of saying like, "Oh, do you think if you went earlier and things like that?" But it's like, it's it's kind of hard. Like, it's 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 hard to explain. I suppose when you're in it, that like it's not it's not as simple as just start running quicker earlier. You know what I mean? Like, I closed I closed my last mile of the race in three fifty eight, which is my actual mile PB in itself. Let alone having to run the first. 1400 meters and having a race today before and it's like you know kind of looking at it and saying should I have just gone earlier is basically a different way of saying oh should I have just run faster you know what I mean which is the simple way of winning any race is just oh, I should have just run faster so it was a little bit like annoying from that point of view afterwards you're kind of like you know dealing with a lot of like oh you could have done this you could have done that when like to be honest in reality I think I probably ran it the best I could have and like it was funny as well even like when I was coming around to about 150 to go and I could see Bibic, guy who came third from Serbia, he was like beginning to tie up a little bit and I thought I was going to catch him and then I think basically what happened was he didn't realise it was coming and then obviously the roars in the stadium probably got a little bit louder and he turned around with like 80 to go and ended up just like putting in that tiny little extra spurt that just kind of kept the distance between the two of us. Um, So it's fine margins, like you know what I mean? Like on another day he would have died that little bit more and I would have pipped him or he he wouldn't have noticed I was coming and I might have pipped him and you know, there's, there's laws of like little things that could have happened or like could have been a little bit different that would have changed the result but um I think performance wise it was it was still probably like the best I could have done because um you know like you're trying to set yourself up to close really fast but like it's it's hard to do that if you're wasting a lot of energy early on the best place to conserve the energy for me was end up being wherever I was like ninth or tenth or wherever just taking off the laughs consistently and like feeling good doing it and like I know that if I hadn't done that there's no way I would have been able to close as hard as I did and get as close to a medal as I did like talking with those positives that you can take from this. We're just a couple of seconds off Inga Britson, who ran a national record, I think. Um, 
Mikel, who finished second, I think he the season's best time, and they're they're two of the best athletes out there. And you were you, you've held your own in 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 that company and came so close. So in terms of confidence and self belief, does this change your mindset going forward now? Like when you go into your next big big championship, European level or whatever, that you know now that you can contend with the elite. Yeah, it definitely does. To be fair, I think like it does. I, I suppose. Yeah, like I suppose obviously we're recording this podcast less than 48 hours afterwards and for me it's probably hard to like see that right now, do you know what I mean? Even though like I know that like if I if it was somebody else was after coming forward at the Europeans, these are all the things I'd be saying to them as well, you know what I mean? And expect them to feel, but it's just it's just when you're right in the middle of it, it's hard sometimes to see it like that. But I do, you do still have that feeling of like that you have gone to a new level and that like, as you say, like the next time you go out, or next time I go out to race and be it like in a you know like in a pace race or like a, a championship race whatever like I think my expectations do have to will be a little bit higher and um yeah obviously getting as close to the front front few lads as I did and then also like a lot of lads that I beat um had ran like a little bit quicker than me before this race like there was a lot of guys in it that have ran kind of 13 10 for 5k and sub 740 for 3k and stuff like that and I was like the fact that I was able to put like a good bit of distance into them in the last lap and earn the last like k shows that I am in like really good shape but I suppose it's um you know, you'd nearly rather win a medal and not deserve it than feel like, you know, you could have and just missed it. Because it's, in a sense, it's like you get all this confidence and it's great to be as high up as it is and all that. But like the actual raw result of it is like, I may as well have came 15. Do you know what I mean? Which is some, sometimes kind of the way I can feel. But um, yeah, I like I know I'm you know getting closer to there or whatever and just have to be patient. But it's, uh, yeah, as I say, it's just definitely going to take a bit of time for me to kind of get over it, I think. It's four position, like it, it sucks. Like it, it's the it's the worst position mm. finish. And even talking to the rowers before Skibbereen Roar, Eva Casey, she finished fourth in so many races before she won her breakthrough middle at the world championships last year. And she's spoken to me before just about that, how finishing fourth, how it's in her mind now. I cannot finish fourth. Like she's preferred to finish sixth than finish fourth. Mm. You know, and it's just it, it's the same in every sport, isn't it? It is, yeah. And especially like I suppose even beforehand, like I before the heats, like I was kind of thinking. A good a definitely like a really good result to be would be to come in the top six, mm-hmm. um and like top eight would probably be kind of like a standard kind of hole in my own result or whatever, um, and I think like then obviously like I achieved both of them but like even if I come fourth and like the top three had just been away and gone and there was no way I was ever going to catch them, it wouldn't hurt as much you know what I mean it's more like the fact that I was close like um, but yeah it's like yeah just as you're saying there like you're nearly you're nearly thinking after like geez, if I came sixth. I didn't. I didn't. I know exactly how to feel. You know what I mean? Cause it's the same principles in terms of being close, like you know, being up there, being competitive, having the belief, all that type of stuff. But you just don't have to deal with the what could have been like. What's the plan? So, over a couple of days after the Europeans, what's your your plan heading into in, into the outdoor season? Is is it a bit of downtime this week before you start back training, or what's your what's your schedule like now? Yeah, a small bit. Um. So yeah, we take this week fairly easy. Just go for a few kind of. 30 to 40 minute jogs maybe like every second day or something um and yeah just get the body back right because it was it was a tough like few days I suppose obviously because with all the travel and then the like the heat was actually relatively quick on Saturday and then obviously backing it up with a quick final on Sunday as well so my legs were pretty beat up after um so just take the week to kind of get the legs right and kind of just yeah just take the mind off running for a little bit and then yeah just get back into it properly next Monday and then yeah, we have a couple of weeks training at home and then we're going out to training for all of April. 
um, which would be good. That'll kind of just get the ball back rolling and have me ready for the outdoors. And then, yeah, I suppose like that, yeah, th- this is probably where I kind of get onto the positives then. It's more like, yeah, now that I've ran as well as I did there, it'd probably be a lot easier for me to like get into a lot of the big meets at the start of the summer and, um, you know, attack a really big time because I think it's definitely there. Is it about now kind of bringing down those PBs and like you said, you're going to race in, in, in those bigger races in the in the bigger higher class caliber fields and that'll help you bring down your PBs as well. Is that kind of the next step for you? So bring down the PBs and just keep moving forward? I think so, yeah. Like, like you know, like that's kind of the, that's, that's really the main thing you have to do like because, you know, you only race a championship race, uh, like a, a, an international championship race, like two to three times a year and everything else in between is, is trying to, you know, get your times down and get yourself um kind of higher up the rankings and stuff like that and i suppose um but like you know like for the world championships in budapest in august like the automatic standard for the 5k is was brought down um laws this year brought down to like 1307 and i suppose when it first came out i was straight away i was kind of like thinking that's definitely probably a little bit too far ahead of where i'm going to be it's more going to be a case of trying to get in via the rankings so um that was going to be a case of like trying to run maybe two to three 5ks um in may june and july and trying to like you know kind of run around 13.15 or maybe 13.10 in all of them whereas I think I definitely have a bit of belief now that like I can actually get out and try and get after that automatic standard which would be huge for a variety of reasons obviously getting the standard would be huge but it would also be like just like you know it would be like my best run ever by a mile like if I was to get run that quick and you know you'd be you're you're probably you're like looking at being like probably the second or third quickest Irish man of all time and like top probably 15 to 20 European all that kind of mm-hmm all that kind of region I suppose like so if I could get down to that level this year it's like regardless of what else happens like you know that everything's going so well and like training's going so well and the shape is there and stuff and that the results um in major championships will come from that um so it's definitely gonna be a busy summer like I'll, I'll obviously have those few 5k's but I also want to you know just continue to work on my 3k and my 15 and um just try and get yeah just even try and just get even quicker and then yeah obviously with the words at world championships in Budapest at the end of August being the main aim um and I think after like this weekend I definitely showed that like I could beat a lot of good guys and you know being with a chance of making a world final. I think it's important to remember too for our, our, our listeners to realize you're just 22 years of age and I, I was looking through the field there or there from last Sunday's final and I think you were the youngest um you're the youngest competitor in the field and you're 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 still new you could say to these these major European championships you did European outdoors championships last year and the the, the men's five thousand meter for you were in contention for a medal going into going into the last lap so. It's there's been progress every year. So I know you're saying there now it's it's still so raw because it's only 48 hours ago before you came so close. But there's so many positives for, for you to build on. You, you must be very excited about what the next couple of months and, and years have when you think that endurance athletes probably don't come into your peak till the late 20s. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think especially like the way that I've kind of always approached my training and stuff and um yeah, like it definitely is like you know okay so I think like that is when when I'll be at my best like so I suppose you're you are kind of always just working towards that and um yeah trying to just kind of do as much work before that as possible to get yourself to a certain level or whatever um but yeah like I suppose at the same time it's like I was the youngest in the race but then like in Britain is only a month older than me and he's after winning the race and um it was yeah but like, no it is it is encouraging like I suppose now like you know until like probably last year like you're kind of looking at your peers and it's always like uh the guys around you like you know um age-wise and stuff like that whereas now it's kind of you're more looking at the best in Europe like which is yeah which is kind of I suppose hard to even comprehend because it feels like even only two years ago like if I even qualified for a senior championship so I would have been delighted or even if I was like 
you know, could run within a few seconds of any of the kind of top guys in Europe. It, it felt like such a big deal. Whereas now, you know, what in, in what feels like the click of the fingers, it's like if I'm not beating these guys, I'm, I'm really disappointed. So I suppose, yeah, like you do have to, like you're changing your kind of, you're changing your mindset the whole time and changing kind of what's satisfying for you and what isn't like. Oh, you were absolutely superb on Sunday and all, all the West Cork is fierce proud of, of what you've done over the last couple of weeks, months and years there. So congrats on uh, on, a, on another great performance. I will chat to you again soon. Right. Thanks very much, Karen. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Castlehaven ladies football team have been chosen as winners of the West Cork Sports Star Special Achievement Award, which will be presented in the Celtic Ross Hotel this Saturday at the West Cork Sports Star Awards. They've been on a remarkable rise in recent years. They've won four championship titles in a row and they're now in the senior ranks. Kieran, what makes them deserved winners of this award? And when you're looking for a winner of a special achievement award, they have to have achieved something special. And if you look at Castlehaven ladies, they've won four successive county titles. They've gone from junior C, junior B, junior A, inter- intermediate champions four years in a row. And they're now up into the senior ranks for 2023. So in terms of picking special achievement award winners, Castlehaven have almost set the bar there because what they've achieved is quite spectacular. And it's been one of the, the success stories of, of West Cork sport in the last couple of years because the ladies football club in Castlehaven was only formed 10 years ago. And before that, if you were a, a, a young girl in Castlehaven or you were a, a, a lady footballer in Castlehaven and you wanted to play football, you had to leave the parish to, to, to play with the club. But now Castlehaven have a thriving underage ladies um, and girls section. They now have a senior adult women's team. So what the club has achieved in recent years is, is remarkable. And it's very fitting that Castlehaven are going to accept the Special Achievement Award on Saturday night. And this will be another celebration of West Cork sport. It's the 25th West Cork Sports Star Awards. So these awards are going strong. So um, this Saturday night promises again to be to put West Cork sport and its sports people front and centre. So we know Castlehaven have the Special Achievement Award. We also revealed last week in the Southern Star that Millie Condon, the young jewel star from Bannascarty, will be the first recipient of the Pauli Palmer Youth Award which is been named in, in honour of the late great Paddy Farmer who passed away in, in January. And it's very fitting that this award has been uh, renamed in, in um, Paddy's memory because he has been a part of these awards since the first year in 1998. He's one of the main reasons that these awards have grown to become the success that they are. So we just decided that we need Paddy's legacy to live on with these awards and they will now in the form of the Paddy Farmer Youth Awards. So that's gonna that's a really special award it means a lot to all of us involved in the awards. And it's, like I said, it's very fitting that Millie Condon, who had a terrific 2022, is the first recipient. In Thursday Southern Star, we're going to reveal the 2022 West Cox Sports Star Team of the Year. On Saturday night, the overall West Cox Sports Star will be revealed. We have Brian Cody as our guest speaker. The fact that it's the 25th anniversary, we have a lot of our former winners coming back as well on the night. So it'll be a great celebration of West Cox Sport. Always a great time is guaranteed, and it's the only time in the year you'll see me in a tux. It, it really is, you know. And I had to, I had to go set up my, my tux went till today, so it's the only time that I'm, I'm my my James Bond imitation. So it's it's probably what come along just to see that alone. You should have worn it now today for the podcast. 
Is that ready till Friday? Oh, okay, they're looking after it for you. We're going to hear now from Castlehaven duo Rachel Welton and Emma Daly, who spoke to Kieran earlier this week. So Castlehaven are going to pick up the Special Achievement Award at the 2022 West Cork Sports Star Awards on Saturday night. Rachel, can you make room in your trophy cabinet for one more accolade? Definitely, and we can make room for more at the end of the year, hopefully, as well. And no, look, it's a great achievement to get, I think, like to be recognised, you know, like of all the teams in, in West Cork. I mean, it's it's a great achievement, a special achievement, um, and it's nice to get the recognition. But no, we'll definitely, we definitely have a space for another um, award in the cabinet, for sure. Emma, we're talking about the Special Achievement Award and what Castlehaven have achieved over the last couple of years. It deserves this accolade. It deserves this award because it goes beyond special. Like It's been incredible what, what, what you have done, your, your rise to senior. And just for our listeners, just to emphasise that the Castlehaven team have won four county championship titles in a row. Junior C 2019, Junior B 2020, Junior A 2021 and Intermediate last year. And now you completed that stunning surge up to the senior ranks. But thinking back to 2017, Emma, when when Castlehaven were competing in the, the Junior D Championship, do you think anyone could have envisaged the rise that, that Castlehaven have had? No, like we, as a team anyway, or yeah, we just did, we didn't see it happening that way. Um, Like it's, I suppose people don't see the commitment and everything that goes on behind the scenes for all of this like it's not like we just run out on the pitch and and play football like we've we've put in some amount of effort the last about six or seven years now at this stage you know like it's it's great behind us to keep going every single year um and just have the same kind of management a few extras here and there you know it does it does make a difference and yeah, no, like it's it's good to be noticed now as well for it. Um, yeah, we're delighted. Rachel, Emma mentioned there about the management. Have you tied Dinika Helen down to long term contract yet? Oh, I don't know. And just to add to what Emma was saying there, Dinny claims that he knew that this was all going to happen. He saw it all panning out this way. But um, no, look. In fairness, like he's a he's a special man. In fairness to him, you know, to even to take on that role a couple of years ago, like nobody thought it was. You know, we were going to go very far fast as fast as we did anyway do you know and just Dinny's like he's gas in fairness how he he's just put in so much effort like he's just non-stop and in fairness like to Brian and John and Tina and Maeve as well like they just put in so so much work behind the scenes that I think goes unnoticed sometimes like I was at Maeve's house there one day during the summer she's our manager and like she was non-stop on the phone all morning long. She was on to Dinny, then she was on to referees, on to pitches, on to, you know, other management of other teams trying to get challenge matches and, you know, then sending in texts to our group, who's there, who's not there, can you come to training? Like, from all of them, from the five of them, like, it's just, it's unbelievable. And to have Fimber Santry on board now this year as well is great. Like, Fimber is always knocking around. So, Joe, he's had experience with the under-16s now the last few years and those girls are filtering through again. So... Um, no, we're very lucky that we have such a committed management team and for them to be there from the start, I think, especially for, for Dini, is very special. Emma, I have a nice, easy question for you next. What's the secret to Castlehaven's success? Oh, God, there's no secret. <laughs> uh, no secret worth telling, anyway. Um, no, uh, I suppose it's just commitment. It all comes down to that. Like, you know, if you don't have the commitment from the girls from day one, from the slogging through nearly up to your ankles and in a wet soggy pitch in 
um January to you know if you don't have that and you don't have the running and you don't have the continuous commitment from the girls you're never going to have a team that's you know going to do as well let's say um like yeah definitely you know you need to put in the work early to be at your fittest and and your best by the time you know league and championship comes around like I mentioned earlier, you've won so much in the last couple of years, those four county titles in a row. So this question is for both of you. What's been your highlight in the last four seasons? If you can pick any one final, any one game, any one moment, does something stand out for you immediately when you think of, 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 a, of a memory that you'll never forget? I think the Manway anyway, for me, when we yeah. played the at um, county final um, two years ago, and like we had never seen free kicks happen before. I don't even think we most of us knew it existed and like for it to go that far and then be that tight the whole way through it like it was just you know your adrenaline was the only thing that was keeping you going through the whole lot of that and I feel like that was kind of a point I was like oh my god like we could actually you know we can still win this and and um yeah I feel like that was kind of one of my highlights anyway I've had many but that was probably most the most fresh one in my head at the minute Rachel? Yeah, I think the the West Cork final, I think last year against Clan was a special one as well. I think it kind of, I suppose, you know, in the middle of the summer, like our championship was later in the year and it kind of gave us a boost. It was very close to the league final as well. And I think for a lot of us, we kind of, re it was a moment of realisation really, like, you know, that God Clan are a senior team and, you know, how we really competed that day and really performed and, you know, I suppose coped well under pressure as well. You know, it was a tit for tat match. It was really, really close and, um, it was a particularly really hot day as well. It was a lovely, lovely day that day. So it just sticks out in my memory as being a scorcher. But I think that, like I said, was a moment of realisation for a lot of girls on the team that, look, we can, you know, win this intermediate and we can, you know, um, I suppose, challenge the senior teams that are in West Cork and, and Cork County as well. So I suppose that kind of drove us on then for the rest of the year. Um, and I suppose the West Cork final, they're always kind of special as well. You kind of remember your, the West Cork final wins that you had you know, at underage when we were playing with the boys. So I suppose it was nice to win a, a West Cork final then as um as a lady in, la in a ladies' competition, maybe. That, that's a great point, Emma, that Rachel's after mentioning there, beating Clan Kilty in that West Cork League Division, the West Cork Championship Division won final last year because Clan are a senior team. and now Castlehaven are up in, in, in the senior ranks this year. So how much are you looking forward to testing yourself in the senior county championship? You're up against the Moran Abbeys, the Aero Oaks, the the the, the Clan of Kilties, the, the, the Kinsale. Like, how excited are you for the championship later in the summer? Yeah, no, I, I feel like it'll be it'll be a great, great challenge for the whole lot of us. Um, I feel like we're all really looking forward to it because it's something new again. You know, like we're not going back into the same championship with the same teams. You know, it's all new and there's always something to look forward to in that and then you know when you do get to play those those bigger kind of teams that that have had their name out there for so long that like you get a good kind of gist of where your team is at as well um playing them you know we'll get to play a lot of them in the league as well um so you know that'll give us a good um indication of where we're at i suppose rachel which senior team are you looking forward to playing against the most um, I suppose the big guns more now be like they're the ones to beat. They're you know top of the um championship now at the moment and have been there there about the last few years. So I suppose we'll aim big and we'll say more Abbey. 
And so far, Emma, like did the preparation for the season, like your your first year up in the senior ranks, have you found even a step up in intensity over over the winter and training now? Is there is there a renewed focus ahead of the the, the biggest challenge that you faced? Um. Yeah, I suppose. Like, yeah, like there is there is a lot more to to training now. I suppose it's you know you're getting a bit more tactical, and you know you have to be that step fisher, that step stronger. Um, you know, they're all hopefully we've we've done enough nearly in preseason to compete with them, but um sure we'll we'll know more now when we actually do um step up and, and have our, our games against them. This is one of the remarkable stories in West Cork Sport over the last couple of years. We've all enjoyed watching your rise up up to the senior ranks. And when you, when you think, Rachel, that the Castlehaven Ladies Football Club was formed in the summer of 2013 and how far you've come in that short space of time, it's incredible. Because when you started off playing with first, like you had to go outside the parish to play football yep. before, before you came back in to Castlehaven once that club was formed. So how important is it for the young girls in the parish now to have that senior team to, to aim for? Like you've had underage success over the last couple of years but now to have that senior team and for for the young girls like I said to watch she and to see what you've done and now to receive this special achievement award on top of everything that's more recognition so it's it's just these are really good times for the ladies football in Castlehaven. Oh absolutely and like even next Sunday after the sports award um, there's actually the underage presentation of medals so the under 12 and under 14 girls are getting their medals along with the lads and like I think it's really important, and a few of us were invited to go to that awards. And I think, I think it's really important for for the the younger girls coming through to see those female role models and to you know to go back and you know to train teams and to get involved with teams. And like Emma's now involved with the under twenty ones this year, and I'm involved with Dinny with the under twelves. So like I think it's really important to give back as well, and to you know to be around and to be that female role model for girls growing up in Castlehaven that they have someone to look up to. Like, you know, we were always looking up to like the likes of Brian Hurley or I don't know, David Limerick or Paddy Hurley and or people like these when we were younger. So like it was always males that we looked up to. So I think it's really important for the girls to have, you know, a female role model in their in their lives that they can say, oh, look, there's, you know, Emma, you know, she sees her training and then she goes back and trains her team. I think that's really important. And like senior now, we need players filtering through year after year. And I think that comes from our underage structures. And like there's huge work being done underage, like even going to the under 12s now, like they're flying it like, you know, they 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 have all the basics. And I think it's just, you know, fine tuning that and um working on that year after year. But absolutely like the structures that we have in Castlehaven are brilliant. And like I said, we need those girls filtering through year after year year if we want to compete at senior, if we're looking more long term, we need those younger girls coming through and like Last year we had we had a fifteen year old playing with us. We had lots of under sixteens and like seventeens, eighteens, um, and we need those younger girls to come through year after year. It's not enough to just have one or two girls coming up. And I think um, I think that'll be really important, especially as we look more long term into the future. Just to pick up on that point, so Emma, like Rachel said, there you're involved with the under twenty ones this year. How much do you enjoy the coaching side of it, and how important is it, to, like in Castlehaven, to to give back into the club again? Yeah, no, it is. It is great, I suppose. Um, the under twenty one championship is is quite short, so it kind of suits me with my own training and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, like it is. It's great, and you know what? You you build a a great bond with the younger girls as well. You know, like they could be, you know, 
nearly 10 years younger than you and you know you still have a great bond with them and you know they can come and talk to you and if they have a question or a problem they have no problem coming that way you know and I just think it's nice to see because everyone seems to have great morale together and you know you're there's a great friendship and kind of bond between all age categories nearly you know from minor or under 16 even up to senior level you know um it's just nice that that everyone kind of gets along and they're all um pushing each other on as well you know kind of fighting for places and and it's nice to see yeah definitely welcome back to the star sport podcast we'll take a look now kieran at what's coming up in this thursday's southern star so we've a two-page um, special ahead of the west cork sports star awards just revealing who the team of the year is looking at the monthly winners looking at the history of the awards over the last 25 years. So it's, it's the perfect build-up to Saturday night in the Celtic Ross Hotel in Ross Carvery. Of course, we've the inter-county scene covered. We've good coverage of the Cork footballers and, a, and an interview with John Cleary on the progress that Cork have made to date. Also, they mentioned the Cork Camogie team did a super win over Tipperary last, um, last weekend. It was a top-of-the-table clash. Cork passed their latest test, so they're now top-of-the-table in Division 1A, and they're going quite well. Bringing it back to the local scene for a second, um, Hamilton High School in Bendon, they won the Royal Ireland College's Senior B semi-final uh, last weekend, so they're true to the All-Ireland final, which is coming up soon, and we catch up with Aidan O'Donoghue, their coach. Of course, we reaction from the European indoors. We, we chat to Dara McElhinney's coach, Emmett Dunleavy, about Dara and where he's at in his career right now and what's next for him. We also catch up with both Joan Healy and Phil Healy, who are both in action too, at the European Indoors. We also have a, a chat with um, Bandon Ravens Basketball Club are looking for um, women for their for their, their senior basketball team. So if you if you're if you want to play basketball and you're around the Bandon area, Bandon Ravens are looking for you. So check out Thursday's Southern Star for more on that. And also in road bowling with details of the senior intermediate women's championship draw for 2023. And for Hannah Sexton, the reigning champion, she's going to face a couple of, of tough battles. She's been grouped with Emma Fitzpatrick from Oscarbury, Veronica O'Mahony, and Geraldine Curtin, who was previously Geraldine Daly, who was a previous and former county winner. So that's going to be a quite a tough group for, for Hannah Sexton. We also have all, all the soccer and rugby news, and you name it, we have it this week. It's packed, Dylan. Packed as always. All of that will be available in shops across West Cork from Thursday morning. Elsewhere in the paper, there will also be a special St. Patrick's Day preview guide. So if you're looking for something to do on St. Patrick's Day around West Cork, we have you covered there as well. As always, if you're further afield or you can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star e-paper and get Southern Star on your laptop, tablet, or phone. So just go to www.subscribe.southernstar.ie, enter your details, and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week. Again, that's anywhere on your laptop, tablet, or phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie. And as always, thank you for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. And thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening.